everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk. And I'm your host, Leela Winston, and I want to welcome you to today's Bible study. I also want to encourage you to grab your Bibles. We're going to go into the Word of God and we are going to study to learn practical tips and steps on how to live a more godly life and also to fulfill our purpose in the earth. So let's go ahead and jump into today's Bible study. Um, Today we are going to talk about the mind and we're going to talk about um, what it means to really sort of bring ourselves um, into a unity so that we're able to achieve more so that we're able to have more faith um, and so that we're able to accomplish the um, the purposes of our lives so let's go ahead and look at our anchor text it's going to be in Colossians chapter 1 it's going to be in verse 21 this is our anchor text and I'm going to read that to you right now and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works Yet now has he reconciled. And I think this is really an amazing verse because it says so much. So much is packed into such a little verse. Um, But basically, he's talking about the fact that we, as believers, were once alienated in our mind. I think that's really powerful to say because he's not just saying alienated in our being, in our person. He says we were alienated in our mind. And when you think about it, It is belief that really makes it possible for you to become a believer. So those who don't believe, that means they're alienated in their mind. And it says also that they were alienated in their mind and enemies in their mind. They were alienated and enemies in their mind by wicked works. That means, you know, because of these wicked works and the thoughts that they were having, it alienated them from the good of the belief in Christ, in, you know, uh, the way and his word. So when you engage in certain acts and certain um, things, it alienates you and your mind is alienated from Christ. So what is that telling us also? It's saying that Christ isn't necessarily alienating us, trying to push us away because we know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believed in him uh, would not perish, but have everlasting life. We know he's given this gift to everyone. It's a free and open gift, but we are alienated in our mind because we don't believe and by wicked works that keeps us away from the faith. And this is the same thing that's true for anyone who is not yet a believer. You know, I would uh, encourage you to sort of examine people in your family who have not yet become a believer and you'll see the very same thing. You'll see exactly what's written here in this verse. And if you are not a believer and you're listening to this, I would challenge you to think about the reason you haven't become a believer. It is usually because of something that you believe that doesn't square up with what is in this Bible. It's something that you're engaged in, something that you're a part of, something that you do that you don't feel fits with this, you know, uh, teaching. And so therefore you've chosen not to believe. And so that's really what it comes down to is understanding that there are certain works, there are certain things that don't square up with God's word. And for that reason, people become alienated in their mind and enemies in their mind because it's it's not fitting with the wicked works. So I think that's powerful to remember and also to remember that now as believers we have been reconciled. We have been reconciled. 
So that means we've been brought back together. Not only has there been a situation where, you know, God has made a way for us to reach him, but we have come back together. We have repented. And the only way you can really reconcile on any level is to repent. Now, I know there are people out there that say you can just forgive and that will make things work, but that's really not biblical at all. And anyone who tells you that probably doesn't read the Bible all that much. But it's important to understand that forgiveness alone is not enough. There has to be repentance. Repentance isn't just confession of a sin. A lot of people think that repentance means I confess. Yes, it was me. I stole the 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 cookie from the cookie jar. I stole the or or you know, I did this or that. No, confession isn't enough. It's repentance. And repentance is a commitment to change one's behavior and turn completely away from the thing that one did. And as we know in the Bible as well, another component to repentance is, of course, restitution. You have to do something, give something back. And that is why we give our lives to Christ. He has given in our stead. So we were supposed to die. So he gave his life as restitution for our sin even though we had, we weren't even reconciled with him. He did this ahead of time. He gave himself as payment. And now we are giving ourselves, and he's keeping us from the eternal death because he paid our price. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty awesome. But it's important to understand that he's already paid this price. We just, many people, most believe, most people out there are just not believing. And so they're alienated in their mind. And so as believers, we understand the mind is a powerful part of being able to serve the Lord. It says with the mind, we serve the Lord. So it's important to understand that the Lord changes our heart. He changes that heart. Remember, it says uh, in the Bible that he is going to engrave his law onto our hearts. So we have a new heart in us. He's put the spirit, his spirit in us. And so we have this change. We're a new man. But the thing that remains the same, unfortunately, is the mind and that is where our work begins and that is in the renewing of the mind so we were enemies in our mind and now we have been reconciled and our works were evil so we now understand our goal now as believers is getting our mind in line with the new heart and the new spirit that we've been given so the mind produces the works and it is regulated by the heart. I've said this before, that the mind and the heart work as a tributary lake. One feeds into the other. They're so very connected. What you're feeling in your heart, you're often thinking in your mind, and what you think in your mind, you will eventually feel in your heart. So I think that is why it is written, um, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's so powerful. And notice it says, as a man thinks in his heart. It doesn't just say feels. his heart. He says, as a man thinks in his heart, and we know that the heart and the soul right there is, it's the seed of man, the thought process of man. And so we are renewing that day by day. And the heart and mind is the seed of all emotions. And without both being right, it's really hard. It's really difficult, if not nearly impossible to fully be right for the works to be fully right. The mind may wish to do good, but an evil heart will corrupt that. We've seen that countless times where people set out to do something good or what seemed to be good and then their heart, because their heart wasn't um, you know, really engraved with the love and the word of God, they were not able to fulfill. I really feel for people 
who yoke themselves with unbelievers, it's really a sad thing because sometimes the unbeliever you're yoked with, they really want to fulfill. They really want to be that good person for you. They really want to do it, but they just don't have the heart to do it, to fulfill it, to, 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 um, fulfill it to its furthest extrapolation. And that's really what we see happening in a lot of areas. I believe a lot of people are trying to do good things, uh, want good outcomes, uh, are trying to be a good person. It's just they don't have that heart. And on top of it, that mind is alienated. So it makes it hard for them to do fully do good. And the same thing can happen with believers just in a different way. It's the flip side. Our heart and our um, spirit has been changed, but because we haven't renewed our mind, we will find ourselves engaging in certain behaviors because we're not actively trying to renew the mind. You renew the mind by reading the word of God, meditating, praying, fasting. You renew the mind by being very deliberate about what you entertain in the mind. It's a powerful, powerful concept. And we as believers, oftentimes uh, believers you'll see are engaged in certain things that, you know, we say are not good or, or, you know, is unholy or something has happened to this person. It's not because they are inherently a bad person. It's because they have not begun to transform their mind. You have to transform your mind in order to be able to continually do those things. And in the same way that you haven't transformed your mind and your heart really wants to do something good, you will be grieved by that. You will be saddened. You'll be depressed because you're engaging in these things that you don't want to do, but you won't be able to truly kind of push yourself away from it. You'll find yourself constantly falling into it because you have not renewed the mind. And that is an important part of our work as believers. I want us to look at Colossians chapter three, verse 10. It says, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge of the image of him that created him. Once again, we're being admonished. We're being encouraged to put on the new man and the new man's thoughts think about what he said. He said, which is renewed in the knowledge of the image of him that created him. Who created him? Christ, the Lord, our God. We have to be renewed in the knowledge of him. How do you get renewed in the knowledge of God? The only way you can know God is by reading his word, studying his word, and living his word. That means doing that every day. It's not something you do only on Sunday. It's not something that you do because you feel like it. It's something you do in season and out of season, when you feel like it and when you don't. And it really matters when you don't feel like it because that's the time when your will is being bent in the correct direction. That is when your proclivities are being changed. When you feel the most resistance, that's when you know the most is happening in terms of you, you know, getting yourself back into the image of Christ. Remember, the Bible says that we will be satisfied when we are in his likeness. And there's actually a scripture, I'm sorry, there's a Bible study that you can uh, listen to uh, here at Love Walk that talks about, I will be satisfied um, in his likeness. And I hope you will look at that, but we will become more joyful, more happy, more fulfilled when we are more like him. And that is why it is important for us to be renewed in the knowledge Uh, after the image of him that created us. So let's go ahead and look at Colossians chapter three and two. And I think this is very powerful. I'm just gonna round everything up with this scripture. It says, set your affections on things above, 
not on things on the earth. This is just so powerful because this really is, you know, where we sometimes make mistakes as believers and where many unbelievers have trouble coming in to become believers is because their heart is set on things below. It's set on things in this earth. You know, I'm so set on doing this that uh, if I if I become a believer, then I won't be able to do that. And if I become a believer, then I won't be able to engage in this. And they don't understand that that's really what's making them unhappy is the fact that they are engaging in that and that the Lord can give them a new identity to translate them into a new identity. So I, I think it's really important for us to understand that we need to set our affections on the things above. And if you're a believer, that's really very key because if you can remember the parable of the sower, he sowed his seeds, but there was one patch of ground where he sowed his seeds where the thorns came up and choked it out. And that was the cares of this life. It's a lot of times the things that really pull us away from the father and pull us away from the faith is the cares of this world. You know, um, something going on, something that we want, we throw away our faith for it. Uh, It has always made me marvel. I just marvel that, you know, you have two people uh, who are husband and wife and, you know, they will uh, divorce over finance. Finance is fleeting. It comes and it goes. You might be rich one day. You may be poor the next. You might be poor one day and become a millionaire the next. And they're throwing away something eternal like marriage. They're throwing away something eternal like support, like love, like faithfulness over something so temporal as money. Um, And people throw other things away that are so important over tiny things, which are actually the cares of this world. So I want to encourage you, don't let the cares of this world choke out the word of God and choke out learning about him. Because remember, we're renewed in the knowledge of him. So we have to know about him and learn about him and to set your affections on things above. And I want to just let you know that that word affection in the Greek is phreneo. And it means to understand it, to think a kind of feeling and thinking at the same time. So it's sort of like a dual action of thinking, feeling at the same time. And do you remember when we were talking about the heart and the mind, we talk about feeling and thinking. Remember it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So there's this understanding of feeling and thinking when we hear this scripture, set your affections That means it's telling you to set your thinking and your feeling on things above, things above. What are those things above? The things above are spiritual things, spiritual things like love, peace, the kingdom of heaven, the call to um, the gospel. These are heavenly and spiritual things that we want to set our heart upon. We want to set our affections on. Sometimes people are so preoccupied with the cares of this world, the house, the car, the kids, the mate, the money, uh, the move. They're so preoccupied that they lose the spiritual things. And you've seen plenty of those zombies out there. They're zombies. They, you know, go out and they get their money, their pleasure, and they do it with vacant eyes because they have missed the beautiful and fulfilling spiritual side that really gives color and meaning to everything. It's when you awake in his likeness 
that is when you're going to find out what joy and peace is. And that means no matter where you are, you're going to have peace and joy, whether you are in a large mansion or whether you are in a tin roof house, you are going to be able to find joy and peace. And that's what everyone wants. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Don't forget to support me at patreon.com. I would love to hear from you. Don't forget to leave a message. Uh, if you're at Anchor FM, if you're listening on other platforms like Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, or something else, um, I would be glad to hear from you as well. You can follow me on social media at One Love Live, and that is O N E L U V L I V E. And you can leave me a message there as well if you have any questions. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. Bye.